0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. So my next interview is with a politician. He is a local town councillor in Oakville, Ward 5. He's running in the municipal election coming up in the next little while. And I saw it as an opportunity not only to get his message out, but also just to talk about community service, uh, about doing good and about giving back. He He's a local entrepreneur. His name's uh, Jeff Noel, And l- lots of information about him online. He's out on the street canvassing, and you'll see... Uh, that he is not really interested in partisan politics and, and he, he talks a great deal about why things at the municipal level work and, and work really well. He talks about listening and about digesting uh, the things that he hears from people in the community. He talks a lot about libraries and about why there's this uh, sense of uh, practical application at a local level and, and not quite as much uncertainty and and pettiness we talk about affordable housing and hopeful idealism and and, and even taylor swift so you're going to need to listen in on this one you're going to enjoy the conversation i think for sure we we even touch a little bit and you'll find out more why as you listen in we even talk about old uh, theaters vaudeville even comes up for heaven's sakes but you know it, it's about how that space used to be uh, where people would gather as a community to 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 hear stories, to be entertained and to get their news and so on. And it's just this great metaphor for this conversation we have coming up, davidpecklive.com for more information about my speaking and writing, face-to-face live uh, for, for a whole slew of other interviews with really interesting people, a lot of filmmakers coming up, rabble.ca. And don't forget, you can support what I'm doing through patreon.com. And also, if you can't do that, you know financially and get behind what we're doing here at face to face i would really appreciate uh, a review on itunes if and when you get the chance so uh, stay tuned thanks for listening into face to face we do appreciate uh, the, the 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 community out there listening and and uh, we we do want to hear from you so so send us a note and don't forget itunes for a review and coming right up jeff Knoll. welcome to face to face this is a show about change and what's next It's a show that asks questions and peels back the layers of our average everyday experience and goes beyond scratching the surface. We interview people doing incredible things who are making a difference around the globe. Join me as we listen in and get one step closer to understanding that big ideas shared create collaboration, collaboration can inspire community, and communities create social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest here today—a local special guest for me and a, and a friend. Uh, Jeff Knoll is here with us today. He's a he's an entrepreneur. He's a uh, politician, and he's an Oakville resident for some—I don't know how many years now. Twenty but years. Twenty years. Yeah. Jeff. Jeff, thanks for your time today. I Appreciate My it. My pleasure. It's great to be here. So, so what has changed in politics since since you, well, you stepped in through the door back in was it two thousand when you took on this role as local councillor uh, in, in Ward 5, Oakville North.
1: Yeah, I think that the uh, the biggest thing that's changed in politics is, um, frankly, at the more senior level of politics, where everybody seems to be moving off into the extremes. Um, the right-wingers are more extreme, the left-wingers are more extreme, and it's, uh, it's made for a very interesting uh, political environment, especially at the municipal level where we're not partisan, and we're trying to navigate those waters of the... Uh, of the extremes at uh, at both the federal and provincial level. So that's probably for me the biggest change that's happened in politics. Uh, uh, you know, over the past uh, 20 years or so, it's it's been a quite a it's been quite a, a, an alarming change too when you look at what's happening internationally in politics. It's cuz it's the same kind of thing. Right. We're very I mean, I'm very grateful that, you know, at the local level we don't have political parties and and uh, generally the everybody who comes and and serves at a at a local government level is really uh, coming there armed with their own values and views and that's what makes up the richness and the and I guess the that, that's what makes municipal politics work because it's it's uh, people are bringing their life experiences they're bringing their own values their own ideas uh, rather than the uh, uh, the whipped um, you know partisan uh, principles of a political party so uh, I'm I'm glad to be here. It's a it's a very safe refuge for somebody in politics.
0: So how how are the extremes playing out for you? Like what what, what might be an example of that? Well,
1: you know, we, recently the government in Ontario changed, of course, and so we, we had a certain idea of of uh, uh, programs and and uh, philosophies that were entrenched in the Ontario landscape around things like social welfare and housing. And all of a sudden, now with the change of government, there's a different view of different value system. In the new government, and so we're, we're still the jury's out. We don't know where that's going to go. So you you plan certain programs. I've been very involved in affordable housing, of course, and so there are certain programs that we expected to uh, uh, come to pass, and we're you know we're not 100% sure that they're actually going to happen. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty in in you know the world of of municipal politics right now because we don't know where the province is going. Even for that matter, the whole role of governance. You know, there's a very different view. Of local governance uh, than the you know the previous administration had, and the previous administration before that had, and the administration before that. So it's, but the difference now is that it's it's very extreme. So we saw what happened in Toronto, where you know the new government came in and immediately decided that they were going to you know reduce the size of Toronto Council, which has thrown that entire election mm-hmm. and that entire municipality in in a degree of uh, of uh, chaos as they contend with the sudden. Um, an unexpected reduction of the number of local uh, representatives, and that—that's simply that's that's fundamentally an ideological, um, uh, you know, construct. It's not necessarily something that the people were asking for. Even
0: how does it play out on your level? Does it does it does it take power away from you? Is it is a does it affect you in any any? Uh, from from a decision making per- perspective, is it? Uh, what about energy, passion, those kinds of things? Well, it
1: worries. It worries those of us in local government because we don't know where we don't know what the next election is going to hold. I mean, we we were sort of holding our breath when when we saw what's happening in Toronto and saying, you know, we we hope it's not going to happen here because what we have out in Halton and in Oakville really works. Uh, we have a great uh, you know we have great councils and we have you know great leaders out here that. Uh, Uh, you know, really care less about the political part of it and more about the service delivery and the governance and the service part of it. And so I, I wouldn't want to see us sort of dive, you know, devolve into that kind of environment where it starts becoming more partisan and, um, um, and, and less cooperative, which is what we have right now. We really have a great cooperative environment. Jeff, involved. when you
0: say partisan, do you also mean petty to some degree?
1: To a degree, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not anti-partisan politics, by any stretch of the imagination. I've spent all my life, uh, you know, being involved in, in uh, you know, a political party. And, it, it, you know, as a volunteer, I used to be on staff. I've worked at Queen's Park. I've worked for the House of Commons. I've been a political consultant. I've even been a candidate, a partisan candidate before. So it's when I talk about partisan politics, I'm really talking about not necessarily the Partisanship, the, the litmus test of right versus left versus center. I'm talking about, yeah, the pettiness and the, um, you know, the populism that seems to be permeating, uh, you know, politics these days. And that, that you know, I think is, is something that, that leaves a degree of uncertainty for those of us at the local level because we don't know, you know, we don't know when the other shoe's going to drop kind of, uh, you know, scenario. Right. Right. And, and uh, now you asked the question, you said, how does that affect, the, you know, us? It doesn't, it's not affecting us yet, Right. But we don't know what's to come. How is it going to affect Toronto, I think, is the big question. Fundamentally, what they did in Toronto doesn't offend me. Uh, what it offends me is the timing. The concept of realigning wards, the concept of even potentially reducing the number of councillors, isn't an offensive concept. If it had proper public consultation. Right. If, the, right. if the electorate actually were involved in the process, and it made sense. And you know what? I think it might make sense. I've been involved in Toronto politics, and there are a lot of politicians, and Toronto Council is a little sluggish when it comes to, uh, you know, dealing with uh, uh, the legislature there in the city hall. And I think it could use a few less, you know, councillors that are all trying to, you know, to get a piece of the debate of whatever's happening in the day, because it takes a long time to get bylaws and initiatives through that council. There's no question. The fundamentally upsetting part of it is when a government comes along and says, when there's a process already in play, candidates were already raising money, knocking on doors, lining up support, and say all of a sudden, we're going to reset, and we're going to change. The, we're going to change the rules of engagement, and I think what we're you know how that could affect us in the future if they, if a tri, if Queens Park were to do that out here, it'd be it'd be services. It's it you, you when you reduce the number of counselors, what you're doing is you're reducing the points of service for our constituents. Cause that's well, and all, ac- and access, access absolutely. I mean, it's it's uh, it's already challenging.
0: Well, and, and I I think I hear sort of embedded in some of what you're saying is that 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 uh, local municipal politics and i think you know we've had a conversation like this at least once or twice before over the years but it's about getting things done yeah it really is and that's 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 and getting things done locally obviously but but it's very practical it's 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 about impact
1: it really is and that's that's one of the things that most um um, you know floats my boat as they say about municipal politics because you can literally take take an idea and and see it implemented by simply lining up seven votes and, and you know, getting your, your research done and, and presenting a cogent case for, for whatever it is you want to do, whether it's you know, changing um, you know, a stop sign or, or building a new recreation center or opening a library. It's simply a matter of, of you know, justifying it to your colleagues, justifying it in, you know, in the, in the you know, public communication sense, and then just lining up enough votes to do it. You want to do anything at Queen's Park or the House of Commons, and you're talking about writing a private member's bill, uh, you know, and and they never they never see the light of day for the most part. Periodically they do, so it's very hard to to move the ball at that level unless the you know, cabinet and the premier, or in the case of the, pro, the the federal government, the prime minister wants to move the
0: ball. So so the odds of ah of, of somebody living in in your ward or any ward in in, in a, at a municipal level, that sounds to me like I I've got the access as well. I mean I have certainly got the freedom to come to the meetings and to ask questions and so on. But I can get to you and say. Uh, I got an issue with X and can can you help me? And then, and then it's not, I mean, it's obviously going to take time and and there's relationships and there's decisions that need to be made and layers and so on, but it's nowhere near as as bureaucratic.
1: Well, let me give, let me give you
0: a great example. I'll give
1: you an example of, of the, of the difference. So um, many years ago, I worked at Queens park and, and I worked for a member of provincial parliament that shared similar values to mine, particularly around things like uh, smoking. Um, You know, I'm, I'm, basically, you know, diametrically opposed to cigarette smoking. I, I've been fighting it all my life. I lost both my parents to smoking-related illnesses, so there's a personal, you know, uh, grudge against smoking and, and, and tobacco-related uh, uh, industries. And so um, when I got to Queen's Park, my, my boss of the day, because I was a chief of staff, not, a, not an MPP, so I had to work through him, but I really liked the idea of potentially looking at the laws. And when we were looking at the laws, because this was, pre, this was pre-Smoke-Free Ontario Act, you know, this is where we are now is, is a much better place than we were when I was there. Sure, sure. People were still smoking in restaurants and in movie theaters and things like that. Um, but we, when we're, I was looking at the, the laws, and I was really concerned about the, the statistics around youth tobacco use, I noticed that uh, I asked the question of the legislative, one of the legislative lawyers, and I said, "I don't see anything here about minimum age for cigarettes, but about smoking." He says, "Well, it doesn't exist. There's, there's a minimum age to purchase cigarettes, but there's no minimum age to smoke. I think, that's ridiculous. So when I went out and I spoke to some educators and some principals and such in, in the community, and I said, like, you know, how do you enforce this? And they said, well, that's that's actually a really difficult thing because, sure, we can tell them to get off. They can't smoke on the property, and many high schools have smoking pits. But the reality is that, you know, kids, children are smoking because there is no reason you can't smoke. Like, there's no there's no law against it. Um, you can't give a child a cigarette. You can't sell a child a cigarette. But if that child happens to get the cigarette on uh, themselves, then, you know, there's no legal authority to say you can't do that, so that that's problematic for educators, it's problematic for, you know, anybody that's in the position of trying to impact youth tobacco use, so we wrote a private member's bill, and we thought this this was a great idea, we're actually going to change the legislation to finally, once and for all, make cigarette use by children illegal, so it was an additional tool for educators, well, when we started going through the process, we just got one pushback after another, and there was committees, and and eventually just died. You know, a good idea died on the vine after working on it for well, months really, and months a, and months. And a
0: really simple idea.
1: Really, when you think well, about yeah, it. Yeah, sure, it, sure. It's, yep. It sounds simple. Yep. In the town of Oakville, when I got here in 2000, uh, I was elected in 2000, in 2001, uh, then-counselor Kurt Franklin approached me and said, you want to work together on a, a smoking um, bylaw for town of Oakville and revise it? And, and we talked about it, and we really wanted to work on something that was like really cutting edge, something that would be, The gold standard. Only a few cities had really done what we had wanted to do at that time. Um, So we worked with staff, and staff did consultations and spoke to bar owners, and and we we had we had robust public discussion on the issue. But we wrote a bill or the uh, a piece of uh, a bylaw. The staff wrote the bill, I should say, with our direction. That basically was very restrictive. It talked about you know no no designated smoking areas in restaurants and and. You know, radiuses of smoking from doorways and a whole range of issues and it was really good. We were really excited by it and guess what, it passed. And it didn't take years and months and frustration. Right. It, right. We were able to take it from the point of, hey Jeff, do you want to give me a hand with this to the point of passing it probably three months. Wow. So it's, and, and I, you know, I, I could be checked on those. Yeah, on those, sure, but, but sure. It's, it's not, it's not, it's not well, much the, different.
0: No, but, the, but what it points to is what's important. Yeah. Not, not the details necessarily, yeah. but the fact that, that, that it, that it was something incredibly practical, yeah. smart, safe, and you guys were able to, to, yeah. to, to and, make and, it And so. that's,
1: and that's the most wonderful part of municipal politics is that we can get things done at that, at the service delivery level. And
0: Jeff, is that, a re, like, why after 18 years would you want to do it again? You know, <laughs> I love it. Maybe that's a silly question. Well, but.
1: it's 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 um, it is such a it is such a great feeling to be able to to have such an impact on your community, and not just not just impact on a you know on a uh, you know on a good wishes basis, but I mean, uh, uh, but impact like on a real basis. So you you know you. You determine the, that there are. This well, example. You know, we, we deter, I'm chair of the library board as one of my many jobs at uh, at the town, and we determined and that we really needed to bring a library to North Oakville because Oakville, North Oakville, is growing like crazy, right? We have uh, North of Dundas. There's homes sprouting up and new people moving in every day, and
0: farm, farm fields disappearing. Farm yes. fields
1: disappearing. I mean, it was and that all started before I, I got here. I have to tell you here.
0: a story, Victoria, when she was I don't know how old she was, four or five. Uh, when, and there was a bit of construction going on, not not so much north of Dundas, and we were out driving, and our line was something along the effect that they need to build more fields. <laughs> and I thought that was a great uh, a great t shirt or a great bumper sticker. It would have been a great bumper sticker, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: But the um, you know what what we found is that you know the the services were really starting to fall behind, and uh, the, the library had when I joined the library in the capacity I joined it, I, I was on the board for a while, and the board was basically struggling with a, an old policy around, you know, library growth, and they had planned on building a branch in in Bronte, and I'm sorry for anybody listening from Bronte, um, but, you know, we just didn't feel that, that Bronte needed another branch. I mean, yeah, there was some growth in Bronte, but they have the new QE Park Recreation Center, or Art Center, they've got the Woodside Branch, and we just felt, you know what, they just, they have lots of services down there, North Oakville has absolutely nothing. So we were able to, as a board, a small group of us, you know, uh, and I chair the board, we basically changed policy overnight on this. We said, no, we're not doing the Bronte branch. We're not going to build additional branches in well-served areas. We're going to start looking at providing better services and more facilities in the north. And we did it. We, you know, based on the the board's initiative, staff went out and came up with a concept to build. Now, mine is a temporary branch, but it's a temporary branch while we wait for the longer term capital investment in the North Park. facilities to build a permanent branch but we we're going to be starting construction on this modular system very soon and it'll be open in the early winter or spring of 2019 so this is something that you know we we we, we saw the need for it the community was calling for it we felt that we needed to achieve it we were able to basically take it from a, a seed of an idea to actually turning um, sod a couple weeks ago um, at the new location and the the satisfaction of being able to accomplish that for a community I can't even explain the feeling mm-hmm. of being able to mm-hmm. do that um, because well, there's a,
0: there's 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 legacy value there that you know and I don't want to overstate but I, I, you know Elizabeth my wife librarian teacher yes. my brother principal yes. I've taught uh, mm-hmm. I know the power of reading the the access the the doors that it opens it you does. just you think about the the impact you're going to have based on that one you know, uh, a series of decisions and that way forward for this group of people that you've never even met yet.
1: That's and that's it, and, <laughs> you know, and that's like, and that's the thing. That's the piece that's that's yeah. so exciting about this job. Well, it
0: sounds so crazy, idealistic too, and yet in the, and yet so tangible. Well, right? it's
1: it's idealistic, but it's also really practical. It's, and 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 you, know, you you were talking about reading, but you know the other thing that we've done with the libraries, and I, I know I shouldn't be going off on a tangent about libraries, but I feel so good about what we're doing at the library system, and I'm so dedicated to this to this organization. But we're converting our libraries from just being a traditional books library. The, the books will always be there. Yeah, sure. And we'll always enhance the the the. Uh,
0: Plato and Aristotle would be thrilled to hear that. Yeah, I think. no, they, yeah. They,
1: the books books will live forever. And actually, I. Uh, Ironically, bookstores and, and libraries are thriving. Right, you know, right. it's, it's people. There's a full circle now, and the, the digital the digital stuff is still you know perfectly fine. and sure. It's, yeah. and it has its audience, but people are wanting books as well. I like
0: I like the I like the paper. Yeah, I like yeah, it. exactly. Yeah, and yeah.
1: and so you know, we're we're not moving away from books, but what we're doing is we're augmenting the libraries with additional resources that people want. So the library can be um, a traditional library where somebody comes in and checks out a book or reads a magazine. Um, to being a creation zone. We just opened up, we renovated Iroquois Ridge Library in uh, North Oakville to become a creation zone. And you can go into Iroquois Ridge now, and if you've got a a project that you want to model on a 3D printer, you can come and do that. If you want, to use a green screen, we have that available for you. If you want to do a podcast, you know, there's a quiet room to do podcasts, and we even got equipment for that. I wrote my
0: master's thesis at the Iroquois Ridge but Library. Did you really? I don't know if I've ever told you that. No, yeah. you didn't tell me that. Yeah, went there every day. I treated it like a job. I had an advisor, Andrew Wayne, who was oh, nice. amazing and, and on, on, on just so focused. And so I would send him, you know, 10, 12 pages at a time. Yeah. He'd get back to me. But yeah, I went there. Like, it was like a job for six weeks. Wrote it in six weeks. But isn't yeah. that a, isn't that oh, a great marvelous. resource to have in a community? Oh, it's genius, and now brilliant. And now what we've done well, is Well, in a t- pool and, and, and a gym and, and all, and yeah. It's kind and just, of hard to write in the pool, though. Yeah, uh, difficult, yeah, yes. Very difficult, yeah. You yeah yeah. You need
1: special inks. Special inks. And special paper. But think about, think about the, the, what you can create and what you can yeah. do. No, and, it and, and, really is And, great. and, and yeah. well, how that yeah. sets a community up for the future. Just, a friend of mine wrote a book there called Marooned in Space, mm. uh, Gary Pearson, um, another Oakville resident. And uh, uh, it's a great science fiction comedy book. But he, he basically, from what I understand, took his word processor and sat in your college library and banged out this really, really funny, funny book
0: so so many things to talk about and 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 i'd love to hear a little bit more about some of the challenges too you have faced uh over the years but but do, uh, would you call yourself a good listener absolutely
1: yeah oh that's 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 like almost the number one you, you um, kind of have to be. Done, yeah. yeah i was going to joke and say pardon me but that, <laughs> right. you know it's 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 actually it's the number one job i mean listening is is nine tenths of the job and some sometimes mm-hmm. I mean, listening to constituents listening to staff listening to you know people express their point of view and, and and not just listening but actually digesting and and comprehending what they're saying and and, and walking in their shoes sometimes right. to try to understand the perspective that they bring to the table and it's that's that's an important job especially in you know i've i've been very involved in health and social services um you know at the region i've, I've for most of my 18 years on council i've been either on or chaired health and social services and the community housing corporation and um that requires a lot of listening and understanding and being empathetic and really trying to be able to walk in somebody's shoes i can't I have no way to understand the perspective of somebody that is a single parent that's struggling to feed their children on, you know, on uh, social services. I have no perspective. I can't. I can't put myself in that space. So it's important to understand when making decisions around people who are in that predicament to be able to listen, comprehend, and 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 be able to you know, really not just not just listen to the words, but listen to the intent. Listen to the stories, listen to the impacts. And it's, it's a, it's something I think I'm good at. And it's something that is, is it's literally, it's, it's the one way you can set yourself up for success in this, in this world.
0: So this is going to sound like, like I'm just, I'm selling you, but I've known you a long time. I've known Michelle uh, and the work that you guys do in the community. I don't know two people who are more involved and more connected and who, who pretty much arrive with their sleeves rolled up. Um, So can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, this has been a, a real passion for you guys. It's it's a family commitment. It's a lifelong commitment. And then maybe unpack a little bit too. I mean, you're an entrepreneur. You love film. You love Disney. I mean, one of the first conversations <laughs> you and I had was around The West Wing. Do you yeah, remember? I mean, I do, I it's do. a long time ago yeah, when yeah. I, when Elizabeth and I arrived, and it wasn't long after that we met. I think so it got you to watch the show. Yeah, I mean, yeah good right. good chance yeah, that that yeah. actually was one of, one of the catalysts for sure. But yeah. it, now it's one of my favorite shows. Me I mean, too, yeah. and and there's a hopeful idealism there too. There is. Right, there is that. Yeah. that there's yeah. this group of people who, yeah, they may disagree, but but at least they're trying. That's right. Right, they're yeah. trying to move the rock up the hill, and every now and then they got some great successes and, and lots lots of failures That's too. Right. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of questions wrapped up in there, but but you know, you got this passion for change you you you're an entrepreneur you 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 run a film uh a the- i mean again there's another question for you. how do you find time for it all for crying out loud yeah. so well, yeah it, take take any of those six questions and answer let's see well i mean let's talk <laughs> choose about, your weapons let's talk
1: you know the, the, i have a big passion for um, for a lot of these issues like i i, I love community service um uh, i spent you know a lot of my growing up years um following my mother around uh as a little kid to all the different things that she would support and do, whether it be the church, or um, she got me hooked on on helping the Jerry Lewis Telethon when I was a little kid. Oh, is I used to, that right, yeah, I was when I was I think it was nine or ten or something like that in the early days of the Telethon. Maybe it was a little older, but anyway, it doesn't matter. It was I was quite young, and I my job every every Labor Day was to be the runner at Bell Canada in downtown Windsor um, to run the pledges from the phone banks to the tote guy that would then call. That would then call with a real phone back in those days. Dial probably would call Detroit where the the, the broadcast was happening, and it was, uh, you, you, it was it was fun and it was exhilarating. Oh, it I was bet. part of something. You were part of something bigger. It was part of something really big and yeah. something that was making a, an impact on people. So, you know, I started out that way, and then and then I met this this uh, you know wonderful lady that I got I got introduced to, and I moved uh, back to Toronto. That, uh, um, you know, she was she was interested in politics and she was interested in community service and she she was just she shared so many of the values that I shared and I thought man this is this is like a match made in heaven it's too bad we didn't like each other at first but uh, we managed to work that out and you um, know we've shared this this life of, of serving our community in in similar ways but also disparate ways you know I mean I, I'm I serve as a you know as a as an elected official and I'm serving in that capacity she serves serves as a community worker social service worker but often cases our paths you know, our goal. I'm a big supporter of the agency that uh, she and a group of her friends started up from the you know ground up, and I was there with you while we were wiring the building. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess I shouldn't say that. Sorry, ESA, don't listen to this part <laughs> of the recording. Um, but uh, you know, it was it's this is it's something that really it means a lot to me, um, and uh, I, I believe strongly in, in in service, and that's actually one of the things I love about my movie theater too, because that's a big part of what Film.ca Cinemas. Um, you know, does as well. We, we support the community. We don't just operate a business that is all about making money. It's also about giving back to the community. And we have charity events. And every Thursday, we have uh, development to the disabled uh, adults and kids that come in for special screenings in the morning when we can keep the lights up and the sound down a little bit. And we just, we, we, we have this really cool resource in this building. And it's a, it's a, an experience everybody loves. Everybody loves the movies. Right? Mm-hmm, everybody loves mm-hmm. to laugh and cry and think at the movies. And so, having this 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 facility, you know, on a Friday and Saturday night and a Tuesday night, you know, we pack people in. You know, the the regular customers, but the rest of the week we have all this capacity. And I love to be able to share that with the community, whether it's Kerr Street or Michelle's Agency, Oak Park Neighbor Center. I just hosted a group of senior citizens um, that uh, that are they have a citizen seniors group at Oak Park Neighbourhood Center. They came in and. Uh, they were so excited to see this movie because they, they didn't don't get that experience very often, right? So they, they came to see A Star is Born, and they were so excited. And I came and talked to them about the election and a little bit about, you know, the movie theater business. And they were just, it was so cool to be able to give back to these these, these uh, um, seniors that have given so much to our community in their lives that are, you know, trying to find ways to connect with one another and have a, a fun time out and to learn and to, you know, to have those healthy experiences. And it was just, it was, it was such a, like, it just, it just warmed my heart for us today. the day. You know, I was you know I was just so happy I was able to, to provide that, but the uh, the time thing you know time is um, time is precious and it's and it's a, it's a it's a diminishing it's a commodity that you can't replace. It's and uh, you know I'm very lucky to have uh, Michelle and I have five kids and um, uh, one of the the best parts of having five kids is you have a, a built-in support network mm-hmm. and uh, we're so lucky that I have uh, our oldest uh, daughter Bryn, runs a big part of the theater. I have this, one of our neighbors I met years ago, actually on the Oak Park Neighborhood Association, which is where we, I think where we met initially, Jason, he, you know, between the two of them, they run the business. Our oldest son has recently become a manager at the theater. He, you know, he works there. Uh, our second youngest son, Dylan, he runs the entire internet, inter, um, uh, information technology aspect of it. So it's a, they've basically, their, their time, their commitment and passion for the business has allowed me to spend my time on council and really be at the theater for the strategic stuff and for the popcorn
0: and and for the yeah always about <laughs> the popcorn by the way a star is born have you have you seen it i have not i'm hearing seen, great reviews well remember like, what stellar I'm, reviews remember
1: what i'm doing right now yes if i could squeeze in a movie i am <laughs> going to i'm going to tell you right now the one movie i've been looking forward to all year is first man
0: mm, same and same.
1: Uh, it opened last night and my um dylan our second youngest um who is the biggest film critic there is he doesn't like movies he loves movies but he doesn't like them if you know what I mean like he's so critical of movies but he texted me at 3 o'clock in the morning a bunch of the staff at the theater got together and watched the movie um, uh, we do a quality check on films and so often the staff will stay and watch it which is good because then they get to tell customers about it but he texted me and I got this text at like two thirty, three o'clock in the morning and it says first man is amazing or something like that so oh, it just that's filled, great yeah so and I, I was at <laughs> the theater for a few minutes today and I was there when some of the audience left, so I'm so looking forward to this movie because I'm a space junkie too. or right? I love, yeah, yeah. I love space
0: and, and particularly the science program, s- science fiction film. Yeah. I love what you said about how you've you've been able to bring that sort of uh, desire for service. Clearly, sounds like it was in your family, mm-hmm. and there's a there's a often a thread there, right? Mm-hmm. When you look back and you say where does something like that start? It's not ever one thing yeah. necessarily. It's yeah. a, a, a cumulative series yeah. of events. But I love how you you've taken this business that I know you've struggled with over the years, yeah, and this wonderful business, and it's about story, and it's I mean, come on, film for the most part, it's 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 about it's about hopeful idealism mm-hmm. and about love and about relationships mm-hmm. and about change, um, and how you brought that together with with the work that you're actually doing, mm-hmm. the, the two you got the business and almost not quite a social enterprise, but. But 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 a, but a corporation. Our, you know, accountant, doing our accountant might say it's a social enterprise. <laughs> <right? but
1: laughs> yes. I still to this day have not made any money from that business, and we're to, over twenty years. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it does it, it has it has um, it has a piece of that whole social enterprise mm-hmm. thing. Because I mean, if you think about what if you think about what we can influence in our community, we can provide access to not just movies, Hollywood movies. We can provide access to meeting space. We can. Um, Help usher the next generation of filmmakers um, into you know uh, an opportunity to exhibit their films, yeah. and we do that all the time with Sheridan. In particular, uh, we we provide access to them to show their films. We are a film location for we we've, our our theaters probably appeared in more student films from Sheridan Ryerson nice. than, than almost any other location because they we make it available. It's usually at you know the wee hours of the morning, but we make it available to them mostly at no cost, um, and. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, uh, it's, if you think about what we've got to offer, what we can offer, and, you know, the fact that it's, they're not widgets, so there's, there's no, you know, letting, letting somebody from, doesn't, that doesn't have the money to, to take their kids to see a, you know, the, the latest kids film, letting them sit down and watch the movie, you know, with, for free, um, you know, it doesn't cost, it doesn't co- like there's no, I have to pay the studio, they're cut, but it's very minimal, and, it, it's something that you know I otherwise wouldn't sell that seat, but I'm giving that that child, that family, an opportunity to to experience what other kids are experiencing. So it's an equalizer to a degree too. So when they go to school, they don't have to feel bad that they didn't see the latest Transformers movie or the latest Star Wars right. movie. And so the pop culture, the the cultural experience of being able to share these entertainment experiences, you know, often is something that. That people that have income you know, that are economically disadvantaged don't have that same that same opportunity. We can often give that to them, and we do it all the time. I, think, that,
0: I think I think the theme for our, our, our conversation today is access. Yeah, you you're, you're, you're providing access. Yeah. Film theaters are, are access. You know what I mean? The libraries yeah. are accessed. That's true. You it's know, good it's point, just yeah. it's just kind of interesting. But to you me. know
1: what? It's it's a, the, the, uh, the the movie theater concept, the way we operate our theater, actually, is not new. It actually dates back to the 30s and 40s. Oh, is that right? Yeah, because yeah. if you think of if you think of history and you think of almost any old movie about the wartime or. Any th- movie that that centered around a movie theater back in the 30s and 40s, you'll always you'll always notice that they were giving out dishes, or they were doing war bonds, or they were you know they were watching newsreels. The theaters were the center of the community. Um, they were the place where you got your news. They were the place you took your first date out. They were the place that you know you got your entertainment. You, this is the place the kids entertained themselves on a rainy Saturday afternoon. Um, you know the uh, when the government needed to raise money for the war, they did it at the theater. So it, it, the theaters took on this, this community center feel to them. In small towns, they were called Nabes, N-A-B-E as in neighborhood theaters, and they were the heart of the community. So it was that sort of nostalgic, romantic, you know, uh, piece of that industry that really turned me on to wanting to Va- develop something different.
0: Vaudeville. Yeah,
1: well, with sort of yeah sort, sort of, of. The, that yeah. that yeah. concept vaudeville with, era vaudeville era yeah, yeah. but it's yeah. it's 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 not so much what's on the screen or on the yeah, stage sure. it's more more what takes place within the the, the well, organization and what,
0: and what they represented i mean interesting you know i don't know 15 20 years ago adam McGoyan said he, he thought uh, theaters were the the cathedrals of our time and I agree. which you know and i think there's a whole lot of truth in that i mean the storytelling and, the, and what's being communicated and it's well it it makes a lot of sense to me that 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 you would align with that. I mean, there's all kinds of other reasons why, but that yeah. community center-like feel, yeah. the, the the relationships, the the the, the uh, yeah, the the, the the building up from, from uh, the building up of, of others, and, and the embrace of it to me is, uh, I think, a beautiful beautiful metaphor. Um, you know, we're gonna have to wrap it up in a couple minutes here, but but um, wh- wh- how do you, how do you stay uh, hopeful? You know, in I mean, I would imagine there's a lot of failure. I would imagine there's maybe maybe there isn't, but you know, as a politician, I would imagine there's a lot of desire. There's ideas that get squashed, and even even municipally, or 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 what what about the naysayers, Jeff? You know, I mean, it's kind of you know, you're in the middle of this campaign, and I hope you can also maybe even in this weave something in there that's. You know, uh, gonna gonna act as a catalyst for the next generation yeah. of young politicians. You know, it's it's there's there's a lot of, in there again, but but.
1: Uh, well, I, let's start with your last comment first. That, you know, something for young politicians or people that people that want to enter public service at the elected level. You know, I think that um, I think that I what I want to tell anybody that that wants to get into it, and I, I'm I've been coaching this young lady that's uh, running in the new ward seven. Uh, I'm very hopeful for her, to, you know, joining council with her experience and, and what she can bring to the table. But I, you know, I'm very hopeful that 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 you know, young people will consider elected public service as uh, you know a real calling, a real um, a real challenge that that they can embrace and with with pride and with um, a sense of accomplishment, rather than um, you know the I guess the way politicians are being portrayed more and more, right? And that's I, I, for me, there is, you know, I, I, am, I am a glass half full guy. I've always been that way. Um, you know, I've had my own challenges in life, you know, around, you know, I lost both parents. I've, um, you know, my business has almost failed twice. Um, you know, I've had, I've had a number of challenges in life, but I've being a half full guy, always thinking that, you know, that there's uh, uh, better days are ahead, has kept me moving in business in life but also in politics you know you you, you get you defeat it a lot but the thing the thing is that tenacity um can lead to success and being you know sticking to your guns on on issues that you think are important and and being able to accept defeat gracefully and not and not you know um, make enemies on those issues so you can bring them back later on that's that's one of the things that i do and i you know give you an example on that what the very first initiative that i the very first motion i made as a member of town council was a motion to bring back sunday busing when i joined town council there was no buses on sundays or holidays and there was no um there was very little busing after like 11 o'clock at night it was literally like oakville closed at those times and you couldn't get from your kids couldn't get to where they wanted to go seniors couldn't get where they wanted to go and most of all people simply could not rely on public transit. So it was natural that everybody had two or more cars in their family. So the very first motion I made was on Sunday busing. And I I, I was, the town had cut out Sunday busing because there was this huge financial challenge that all municipalities had in the eighties and they, they all cut costs to the bone. And, and the bus service was one of the ones that they'd cut dramatically in Oakville. So I came on and I said, okay, you know, idealistic Jeff here is going to take on this issue that I feel strongly about. So I, I got my research together. I talked to the transit director and he said, well, don't, don't mention my name on this because I know the is really sensitive. I said, it's fine. I'm going to make the motion. They were very supportive because they, they have the customers that are upset at them that they're not providing the service. So I, I'm all ready. I got my notes. I'm at council. I've set up, I've set up a, uh, one of my colleagues to be the seconder to the motion so I can at least get it on the floor to talk about it. And I stand up and I'm so excited. And I say, "You know, Madam Mayor, I have a motion. Um, and I would like to make this, and it's on Sunday busing and she said okay, you've got the you, know, do you have a seconder?" and I said, my co- my colleague counselor will not give the name, leave it blank for now um, is going to second the motion and he just sort of sat there
0: <laughs>
1: and I'm saying oh my gosh. And I said and she said, well, you don't have a seconder, the motions out of order because this was under new business where you can bring up new business and I said, uh, but but you know i you know is there anybody else who will second this And every just sort of sat there stoically like you know like I had just committed heresy. Um, to to dare bring back Sunday busing and it was a huge defeat. I was so angry and I was so deflated. but you know it it a couple of days later I was right back on my horse again and 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 pushing for it. so eventually I had to basically I had to basically suck it up and take the second chair on the issue right because the counselor, no names said i'll I'll support a revision to this and we developed something called zone busing so these smaller, little van type buses were the precursor to full buses on oh, Sundays okay. and holidays and after hours. So he said I'll support that and, and so we were able to do that and and we achieved I ultimately was able to achieve the goal that I set out to achieve. I didn't get my name as the mover, I the seconder, but still it, it got the ball rolling. So I remained hopeful. I knew I'd see another day. I didn't you know I didn't make enemies out of everybody by getting angry at them. I was deeply disappointed myself. But it's that it's that sense of you know, if if you if if a good idea is 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 worth doing, it's worth, you know, being tenacious about. It's worth pushing forward. It's worth, you know, sticking well, to your guns. Well, it's
0: great advice, and I think it's also just it's a it's a great example of of the impact that you can have yeah. and how little things make a big difference. Which is what face to face, my podcast is all about. Yeah. It's about those how are how are you changing the world? We all are yeah. in some unique way, and so by asking some questions and by not backing down and coming back to the, you know, literally coming back to the microphone, I guess yeah. you had to do a fair bit of work I guess yeah. in between yes. motion one and motion yes. two. Oh, a lot of work <laughs> and a lot of cajoling. Yeah, yeah. I bet, I yeah. bet but I think I love that and tenacity yeah, great word and and, and a great uh, skill. There's a lot of stories like that. You I, know, bet. And, I bet, I bet.
1: And that's you know, whether it was the youth center was another one uh, pesticide ban I worked on that actually took me two terms of council. It took a change of took a change of leadership in the council to get that one passed. Um, you know, it's it's sometimes you have to really if you feel strongly about something and you've got the support. I mean, if if you if you come up with an idea, and your colleagues don't support it, the public are saying what the heck are you doing? And even if you come home and your wife says you're crazy, that's never happened, by the way. Um, <laughs> I doubt that. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know my wife. Um, but. Uh, um, you know the you, you it's if you can read the if you can read the cues to say this is time to abandon sure, this idea sure. this idea is just dumb then you know that's one thing but but when you've got the public saying you know what stick to it my son needs to be able to have a part time job and he we don't have a it's car great. and he needs to be it's able good. to get to work you know i i you know i i'm you know i'm sensitive to pesticides for cosmetic uses and i don't want them blowing on my property or you know, any of the other things that I've worked on the youth, you know, the youth center, they, when I came to council in 2000, the, the staff were just frustrated beyond belief because they could not get a youth center approved because no counselor wanted to basically say to their constituents, there's going to be a youth center in your ward. They had had, you know, meetings and public hearings and, and every time they thought they had a place for it, they got shut down because the the public were, not understanding what the nature of the youth center was. The counselors were not reacting well of, at the time to the, the proposal of it being in the neighborhoods, and so it just never went anywhere. I you know, I met, sat down and met with uh, then staff member Ray Chisholm, he's now a counselor, and said, how can I make this happen? He said, well, you know, I don't know because nobody wants it in their ward. So I said, well, let's find a place where it's not near any residences. And so that's, we found the one on, I actually went out and found the location myself on Cross Avenue. Across from the go train station it was there for i don't know 12 years um we've recently relocated it but uh it was it, it was that kind of tenacity like it's it's i i saw the work of the staff and some of the counselors and the you know the the repeated failures and and in this case this was i had the public and i had the kids and i had churches and i had others saying yeah you go go do it get it done and um i remember the very day that you know i remember bringing it to committee you had to go to committee first and the staff member was very nervous because they'd already been shut down a couple of times. He's like, I'm just giving you an options report. I'm not making a recommendation. So I said, that's fine, I'll make the recommendation. So I came to council and with me, I brought, I don't know, about 75, teenagers with me and some parents and a couple churches. And so you could see counselors of the of the day, none of whom are there now, but you could see counselors of the day getting really agitated because they know exactly what's coming. That now, you know, the potential customers are sitting there. Not just the not in my backyard types, but actually the the kids who need a place to be kids, to Mm -hmm. have a place where they can get support and where they can they can hang out in a safe environment with their peers. And we won. No, it was, great. and I, I got in big trouble afterwards from my council colleagues who said, "Well, you really put us in a tough position." I said, "Well, that is what." this job's all about. Sometimes you have to be in the tough positions to make the best decisions.
0: I I love, I mean, there's so many lessons to to take away from that, too. And I love love your passion, Jeff. Um, October 22nd, uh, podcast is going to be published within the next uh, 24, 36 hours for a variety of reasons. But obviously, we want people to come out and vote. And and are you a Taylor Swift fan, I think, is my (laughs) final question. Uh, I mean, how many people has she, you know, I know it's U.S. politics, but I think there's something there as well, right? A couple people now, a million people now have registered yeah new well, voters it, it is surprising. get out and vote
1: yeah it, it, it's surprising what a vote can do yeah you know yeah. And, and for the good or for the bad and um, you know I cannot express how important uh, municipal politics is enough that it should not just be left to the 30 to 35% of the people who normally vote. Right. The decisions we make affect the 18-year-olds and the 80-year-olds and everybody in between and even sometimes the 96-year-olds, but the the fact is that we touch more services and and policies and issues that affect you
0: yeah directly. David Peck? Yeah.
1: more directly than than Mr. Trudeau does or Mr. Ford does. What we do every day you're, you see every day. You touch every day. You feel every day, and so being part of the decision on that process, the, the dis- to to choose the governors of that process, is really important. So I I cannot stress strongly enough the importance of getting out and voting, getting involved in campaigns, running yourself potentially, not you necessarily, but <laughs> some other people, people listening, um, and becoming part of the
0: process. Yeah, and get and getting involved. Just just right? get involved. Getting involved. You don't yeah. have to run, but you could yeah. certainly
1: you know. Walk a street think, with the candidate.
0: Think of think of the 1930s theater community like themed yeah. uh, uh, metaphor. Yeah. I think is a really great place to start. Jeff, thanks a lot for your time today. Jeff Knoll jeffnoll.ca ca, uh, dot ca. You right. can find out a whole lot more information about and
1: watch my videos
0: and and watch your uh, videos. There you go. That's uh, thanks thanks for your time today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, David.